today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, it's uh, come down to Game 7. How unusual is that? I'm being facetious, of course. Every time the Leafs and Bruins meet, it seems to go to a seventh game. Uh, it has not gone well for the Leafs in the uh, past. Uh, as uh, Howard Berger mentioned in his blog today, uh, the last time the Leafs actually beat the uh, Bruins in a Stanley Cup playoff series was 1959. But he also mentions in his blog, between the posts, which of course is a must-read for all hockey fans, that the law of averages could be on Toronto's side tonight. Howard Berger joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Howard, great to have you back in the program. How are you doing today? I, I, I'm good, Bill. I mean, it's only been six playoff wins in a row for Boston. I mean, what's the law of averages? Exactly. When, I know I, I was fascinated by the blog today because I've seen so many other people writing about this and postulating about this, and they're talking about the goals against and this and that, and uh, there's not a whole lot to pick from. I, I think the one thing you can say about this series is that both teams have been consistently inconsistent. Well, neither club has won consecutive games, and if that prevails again tonight, the Leafs will uh, will win the series because uh, it's it's been, as you said, just seesaw up and down the entire time. The uh, home team is one and two so far, so the road teams have uh, prevailed to this point, which again you would think might uh, somehow and inexplicably help the Maple Leafs tonight. And the problem is, as kind of mentioned in the blog today. In a best-of-seven series, when it's tied at two and the lower-ranked team wins game five, that pivotal fifth game on the road, you almost always expect the club to uh, wrap up the series on home base. Yeah. And, of course, the Leafs didn't do that. So did they tempt fate uh, to the extent that um, you know they're going to lose tonight? Well, obviously, it remains to be seen. It's the first time in the three playoff series that uh, the Leafs were in a position to win uh, in Game 6 on home ice, and they weren't able to do it. So we'll see what happens. But there has, like you said, Bill, there's been no correlation between one game and the next in this series. I, I mean, if there's one takeaway from this too, Howard, it's, it's, I think it really just underscores just how pretty much even these two teams are. I mean, they were through the regular season the last couple of years, really. And when you look at the stats of this playoff, I think the Leafs have a slight edge in goals for, but just about every other stat, they're within percentage points of each other. You know, points notwithstanding, and, and we see in this playoff round how much the regular season means with, you know, the potential of all four wild card teams moving on to round two. Um, but points notwithstanding, I think the Leafs are closer to Boston this year than they have been in the yeah, prior absolutely. two years that they met in the playoffs. And uh, does that mean they're going to win tonight? Maybe it does. You know, maybe this is their turn. I, I picked Toronto in six before the series, so my prediction was wrong. Um, you know, I... I, I have a feeling that they're going to find a way tonight, that it's kind of their turn. And as I said in my blog today, just a gut feeling, he's been kind of quiet in the series so far. Look for John Tavares to have a good game tonight. He's going to uh, break out and score an important goal. I just have have a feeling. It would not surprise me at all if the Maple Leafs won tonight. I can't explain why, other than what we said earlier, that neither club has won consecutive games, uh, that... uh, uh, you know, going into the series, should the Leafs win tonight, it'd be their third win in four games on Boston ice. Nobody would have bet a plug nickel on that happening mm-hmm. uh, after they were destroyed twice during the regular season at the TD Garden. But that's what's going to have to happen, and I, I just I have a feeling it's going to. I don't know why. Um, I just feel it's the Leafs' turn. I feel they've matured. Uh, they played, in my view, Bill, the most complete game of any 
of the playoff battles from 2013, 2018, and now. They played their most complete game in Game 5 of this series. I thought it was a masterful coaching job by Mike Babcock, yep, yep. who's still getting, you know, getting it from all sides. It seems like nobody believes he can coach anymore. But they bottled up. They played Bruins hockey right in the TD Garden in Game 5 and won that game. Uh, unfortunately for the Maple Leafs, they weren't able to follow it up with a, with a home win in Game 6. But if they can play that way, and I said in my blog the other day, uh, Babcock should just be showing them the videos of that game. These guys go home, watch it with your family, and try and remember what you did. Because if they can play that way again tonight, I think they have a very good chance of winning. Especially when you look at the makeup of this team, and I know there's been a huge turnover, as there has been for just about every team because of a variety of reasons. But the guys that were making mistakes and maybe even cost them a couple of games in those previous playoff series are that much older and that much more experienced and have had that many more years playing under Babcock. Uh, there's, there's a more solid team. I don't want to say it's a veteran team necessarily, but they made some key yeah. additions uh, of veterans, uh, in, in uh, Tavares being one of them, obviously. Uh, and you, in a game like this, you look at those guys and say, look, at that's, that's where the leadership has to come from. Uh, absolutely. Uh, when you filter out everything else, you look at the two goalies in a game seven. And unfortunately for the Maple Leafs, as much as I thought he was underrated, generally given the team in front of him, James Reimer fell apart in 2013, in the last half of the third period. Don't have to remind Leaf fans what happened. And Anderson, Frederick Anderson, had nothing in the tank in the third period last year. He couldn't stop a balloon. Uh, you remember they were going around uh, poor Jake Gardner like he was a pylon. It just didn't work uh, for them. If not for Frederick Anderson, on Sunday afternoon, Boston would have won that game 6-1. That was the best game I've seen him play in the playoffs as a Maple Leaf goalie. So again, if he can do that consecutively, I don't think Tuka Rask can match him tonight. Uh, so when it comes to Game 7, I agree with you, Bill. They've added uh, pieces, and that's why I said earlier, I think this Leafs team is better than the 2018 and 2013 clubs that played Boston. Uh, but in the end, in a Game 7, whichever goaltender usually uh, performs um, better, th that team is going to win. Um, how do you explain the two catastrophes that the Maple Leafs had in 2013 and last year? Well, I mean, it's easy to look at and in hindsight see what happened, but you never would have predicted it beforehand. Can that happen three times in a row? Hard to imagine. Well, again, because you, you just don't know what's going to happen from one game to the right. next here, which you know, like, like I asked one of the guys who was a, a Bruins fan, a fellow Bruins fan to me, and I said, which, which team are we going to see tonight? Uh, you know, the one that gets bottled up and gets frustrated and can't seem to move the puck past their own blue line, or, or the one, like you say, that played pretty well on Sunday, uh, yeah. you know, when their backs were against the wall. You just don't know. And, and what we tend to forget, not necessarily forget, but overlook, when we talk about a team, so a Bruins fan talking about Boston, a Leafs fan talking about uh, Toronto, you were mentioning before mistakes. There are two clubs out there, and quite often how one team plays is dictated at, for long stretches by the other team. When teams are this close, um, you don't often make a mistake uh, by yourself. You're quite often forced into a mistake by the other club playing at a certain level. That's how razor thin uh, this series is. Uh, and yeah, and when it comes down to a, a best of one, like tonight, uh, we all know that one key mistake can make the difference. But is it a mistake of, as Mike Murphy used to say, commission or a mistake of omission? Quite often it's a, a mistake of commission because you are, uh, you're basically lured into it by the other team. So that's what makes sports so re remarkable. That's what makes Game 7 
such a remarkable uh, 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 environment, um, and uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, you, you, rivalries, as we know, Bill, uh, they're built in the playoffs, not in the regular season. Um, maybe back in the 16 day when you played 14 times against everybody else uh, during the regular season, it was different. But nowadays, especially with the divisional playoff format, that's a you know bone of contention. Um, rivalries are built in the playoffs, and you know Buffalo was a one and a half hour drive from Toronto, and yet you sense no rivalry between the Leafs and Buffalo except when they play on a Friday night in Buffalo. Boston and Toronto. That's the big rivalry now. It's not Montreal at the moment. It's Boston. So we'll see what happens tonight. What about the potential for, you mentioned Tavares, but for us other guys to step up in a game like this? So, I mean, you know, you look at this, and from the Leafs standpoint, you got Matthews, you got Marner, and you, and you got Tavares, of course, and yeah. you're going to look to that. Uh, the big line for the Bruins, of course, and, and once in yep. a while, David Krejci plays some pretty good hockey, too. But what I've seen in this series, Howard, is that some of the other guys, the quote-unquote secondary players, have, yeah. have shown the ability to step up, too, and it wouldn't surprise me to see one of them actually be the hero yeah. tonight. I mean, yeah, a guy like Zach Hyman could easily score a big goal. He's been a pain the in the butt to the Leafs all through the yeah, series. Uh, you know, as, as he in, always in a legal way, <laughs> right? Uh, and always managed to get himself into into position the way he goes toward the net. Um, in a game like this, almost a cliche, you, you have to rely on your best players. We talked about the goaltenders before. I mean, the Leafs. I mean, Austin Matthews has to have a good game tonight. Uh, Tavares has to have a good game. Marner has to be out there. And you mentioned the big line for Boston to uh, uh, show its presence. But look, it's not going to be an 8-7 to seven game, so not everybody's going to score. I imagine it's going to be a fairly you know, tight game tonight. I picked 4-3, to three, which isn't really tight, but mm-hmm. tighter than you might imagine. Um, so, you know, uh, the, someone's going to not look very good after the game, and someone's going to look very good. And you're right, sometimes it's a person we're not even talking about right now that can come up big uh, in a game 7. Um, but, I, 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 you know, I, it's just... The way it's been, it's, it's almost like the Leafs in Boston should forget about playing games one to six and just go right to games. <laughs> it's like it's, it seems like it's almost uh, uh, meant to be. Well, or maybe just forget about the regular season and just figure, yeah, okay, we're, we're going to meet in the playoffs. Let's just do it now. I mean, it, it, it's almost ridiculous. Uh, you know, this year more than ever before, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Colorado, Columbus, and Dallas last night—they're all wild card teams. Uh, they've all knocked off the favorites and are going on to round two. And if Carolina can somehow win in Washington uh, tomorrow night after forcing a Game 7, then all four wildcard teams will have moved on to the second round. Um, hasn't happened before, and I dare say it probably won't ever happen again. But what's going on this year? I, I mean, you know, we, we quote these upsets, but I mean, uh, you know, Columbus was not supposed to win that series. I mean, they might have made it close. I mean, they, they, they qualified. To, they might have, they, maybe they were supposed to win a game. I picked Tampa 5. There's no soul. There's no living, breathing organism that picked them to win that series. I think most of the pundits were already ready to engrave the Stanley Cup for the for the for the bolts already, and you know they they just didn't show up for that series. So uh, you're asking me to explain what happened in that series? I don't think Albert Einstein could explain <laughs> what happened in that series. But I, I it, my my own theory is this: uh, when you have uh, a regular season in which you don't play a competitive game from November on, which basically was Tampa's situation. They were so good. Uh, you know, they just had the division wrapped up by about New Year's. And then suddenly, you have to win. Maybe it's not as easy to, 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 to get that mindset again. You know, Columbus had to fight for everything right down to the last uh, weekend of the regular season before they snuck into the playoffs. It reminds me of 2012 when Vancouver won the President's Trophy and the Los Angeles Kings snuck in 
on that final weekend, the Kings then went 16-4 and and won the Stanley Cup in the playoffs. So, I mean, uh, there's something about building momentum through necessity in the dying stages of the regular season that you're able to carry over into the playoffs. That's the only way I can explain it. Same thing with Calgary. I mean, you look at Calgary and Colorado, you look at Tampa and Columbus, the two top teams, Calgary and Tampa, playing wildcard teams, the number two wildcard teams in the respective conferences. They went 1-7 and seven <laughs> in, those, in those series. Cal, uh, Calgary won one game against uh, Colorado, and Tampa was swept by Columbus. Again, you know, you could have put money on that in Vegas right now, and you and I wouldn't be talking on the radio. We'd be on a yacht somewhere. <laughs> well, and but we've talked about this in the past, though, about that idea about momentum. And uh, how often do we see this, that a team that just scrapes it and gets in there at the last minute yeah. ha- has that momentum? And we've seen it in baseball. We've seen it in hockey, uh, where they just carry through and not necessarily win a championship, but you know the, that carries them through and they're winning games that they really had no business winning. Yeah. And, and as I said, the best example I remember, and I covered every game of the Kings that year, uh, was 2012, where Vancouver had the uh, uh, had the uh, President's Trophy locked up. It's hard to imagine Vancouver winning the President's Trophy the way they played the last few years. But Vancouver was the number one team in the NHL in the 2011-12 season, and the LA Kings snuck into the number two wild card spot. Or I don't know was it wild card yet at that point? I forget. But anyway, the, the, the last playoff spot, the number eight playoff spot in the Western Conference, and played Vancouver in the first round. Won the first two games uh, in Vancouver. Uh, and then split the two games in Los Angeles and ultimately won the series in Vancouver in Game 5. And then, of course, they went ahead to Kings with that momentum that we talk about, and they knocked off St. Louis, Phoenix, as the Arizona Coyotes were known back then, and Mm -hmm. New Jersey to win the Stanley Cup. Again, no one, there's no person on earth that would have forecast that happening. Do you see, Howard, any one of those four Cinderella teams uh, with the momentum and with the, the wherewithal to actually maybe make it to the final two? Oh, no. Go ahead and pick a Colorado-Columbus Stanley Cup final. How can you go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it does, it's not helping anybody, uh, any of us uh, brilliant forecasters going with the favorites uh, in this series. This is another reason why I think the Leafs may have finally get their turn tonight. Um, this is one of those cliche years where anything can happen. Again, like 2012. Look at the way St. Louis is playing. I mean, St. Louis really isn't an underdog. So it, unless you remember that on January 2nd, they were 31st in the NHL. That's an underplayed story, I think. Uh, they were the best team in the league. St. Louis and Carolina actually had the best records in the NHL from that point on. So if Carolina gets by Washington and the Blues are able to beat Dallas, who knows? Maybe you're looking at the one of the weirdest Stanley Cups uh, in recent memory, but uh, it, you just... You just don't know. And if we did know, or if we had more of an idea, like back in the day when, you know, the Montreal Canadiens and Scotty Bowman, you knew they were going to win the Stanley Cup. It was just a matter of who they were going to play and and, uh, who they were going to, uh, you know, pummel. Um, I'd rather have it this way, where you've got, uh, I hate the word parity, but we use it all the time, where the teams are closer and all of these silly upsets can happen. Uh, there's nothing like the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and it's been proven again this year. Howard, you mentioned goaltending, and obviously that's a staple. You can't win without strong goaltending. Well, it's one of the reasons I guess Columbus did as well as they did, and and the other wildcard teams that came through as well. But is is coaching underrated in in playoffs? I mean, uh, you know, to to use the Columbus example, I mean, a lot of people, when you play word association, say John Tortorella, you think, okay, the bombastic guy guy that goes ballistic, he's a pretty darn good coach, and obviously he's showing that with this team. And, and you mentioned, Bab- I I, I you mentioned wanna, Babcock the other night. Yeah, 
I don't want to give you a cynical answer to that question, Bill, but show me a red-hot goaltender, and I'll show you an amazing coach. <laughs> and right now, Sergei, you know, not to take anything away from uh, Tortorella, he's won a Stanley Cup in Tampa back in 2004. He is a good coach, uh, irrespective, as you mentioned, of his demeanor at times. Um, but uh, Sergei Bobrovsky may be the best goaltender on earth right now, and uh, we'll see if that continues in the second round. So uh, you're figuring four three for the Leafs tonight, and, and you picked four three in overtime you, with Tavares scoring the winning goal. If it happens, uh, uh, we're going to Vegas tomorrow. <laughs> uh, please, please tell me it's in the first overtime period. If it's going to happen, I can't t- take one of these three. I got to get up for work in the morning, Howard. Uh, it'll be quick. It'll be quick. As, I, I, as soon as, you, as, soon as I read that, I had memories of some. Of the, remember some of those old Leaf playoff games oh. way back in the you know the Bob Pulford scoring and what was it the oh, third God. overtime. Well, then we had that those spate of games in the uh, in the late '90s and, and early 2000s. Philadelphia and Pittsburgh went five overtimes, and and uh, San Jose and uh, and Dallas went four overtimes. It was crazy for a while. Washington, remember the Washington, the famous one where uh, uh, Washington played uh, the New York Islanders on uh, on Easter uh, uh, the Easter weekend, and it went four overtimes uh, uh, before uh, Pat Lafontaine scored in 1987. So we had a whole spate of games that became the longest consecutively one after the other in the history of television. We haven't had many like that lately, and you're right. I have to work early tomorrow as well. Well, I hope this is not foreshadowing. Uh, we'll see <laughs> what happens. Uh, the blog, by the way, Between the Posts is uh, fascinating. Check it out tonight and get Howard's perspective on this. Thanks so much for the time, Howard. Great talking Anytime. with you again. No problem, Bill. Anytime. Bye-bye. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.